This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you here. Didn't get to see a lot of you on Sunday because of all the snow. If you're watching online, we're glad to have you with us. Hope you brought your Bible with you. If you did, you can uh, open with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll do our tithes and offerings. Just want to tell a lot of you, we're praying for you, okay? I know many of you battle sickness and stuff. And so we're going to believe God that you're healed. And God is still a healer and God is still a God of miracles. So you keep trusting God and believing God. Amen. Those are good things. Just a couple announcements real quick while I'm thinking about them. One, our men's breakfast is back on. Ernest Garcia is way back there in the back. That is this Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. So if you need more info, you can catch Ernest. I, I encourage you to go to that, just a meeting with our men to, to honor God and pray with each other and stand. Also, um, the Women's Cherish Night is on Friday the 22nd. So all you ladies sign up for that. And then I, I want to personally invite all the married couples to the, the EXO Conference this year. We have really, really in the last about five days have really gone to bat to make sure it's going to be safe. I wouldn't have it if I didn't think it'd be safe for you, okay? And so we've done our homework. The, the church that uh, allowed us to be there last year is going to host us again. And so the, the hotels, they are up and running. They are ready for us. And then there are avenues for you to still be able to eat. So it'll all be good. But I, I welcome you. I really sense this year it's going to be rich. So make yourself available to that. I know there's brochures and tables for that. All right, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Put the kingdom of God first. And, and what I see here, the key to this entire verse is first. That God needs to be first in every area of my life. My money, my time, just every area. And so when I get over in this and I make the kingdom of God priority, look at the, the promise. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, when I read that part, you know what I get real quick? God's not against you having things just as long as they're done in the right order. And so when I get in God's order and I, I make him first in my money, my first in my time, my first in my... God's going to bless you, okay? He's going to... That's just the nature of God. And so hang on to this verse right here. And we're early in the new year. And I encourage you, make a decision in your heart right now to say, Lord, I'm going to ask you to grace me in every area of my life this year. It's your first place in every area. Let me pray. Father, we love you tonight. And, and we thank you, Father God, that your desire is to always take care of us, spirit, soul, and body. And Lord, we thank you again tonight that we have the honor to put you first, even in the area of our finances. We thank you again that you've blessed every one of us with all the daily necessities. Thank you for homes. Thank you for housing and clothing and vehicles and all the things above. And we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you got your Bible again, go with me to a little bitty book called Philemon or Philemon, however you choose to pronounce it. I'm not totally positive. You may say, where in the world is that? 
Well, you go through the Thessalonians, the Timothys. There's a little book called Titus. Right after Titus is Philemon or right before Hebrews. Now, it's only one chapter. But I begin to study on this, this chapter, and this was a letter from Paul that he wrote to this man named Philemon. And so there's some nuggets in here, so I want you to get a hold of this. And as you're getting there, I'm going to give you just a second to get there. The, the word acknowledge, and you're going to hear that come into play a lot tonight. The, Lord, or the word acknowledge actually means to recognize. And something happens in my life, especially when the pressure is on. You're going to acknowledge or you're going to recognize someone or something. Every time life squeezes you, you're going to find out who you acknowledge or what you acknowledge, okay? Uh, start with me in verse 3. Grace to you and peace from our God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. One translation says God's best to you and Christ's blessings on you. So when you see the word grace there, one of the definitions of grace is literally spiritual blessings and favor. Now, every time you think about the grace of God, thank man, that is, that is a, a spiritual blessings and favor. I don't know about, how many could use a dose of favor tonight? Spirit, man, Lord, I, I welcome your grace upon my life. And this is how Paul introduced this. Verse four, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers. Now, this is powerful. I, I, just get real quick how powerful prayer is. Not, not only when I pray for myself, but when I pray for other people. You know, when, when I pray for other people, prayer comes alive to me. It becomes so real to me when I get the honor to say, man, I get to pray for people today. And I believe this personally, what you do for other people, God will make happen for you. So he goes on to say, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing, or I've kept hearing, of your love and your faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all his saints. Now he said here, man, I, I've heard. I've heard of your love. I've heard of your faith. Man, those are, are incredible things to have said about you. Verse six, that the sharing of your faith, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing. Now, when I looked at this, I began to see here, the sharing of your faith may become effective when I begin to acknowledge every good thing. And so remember, when I acknowledge, I am recognizing. So my faith begins to, to soar when I acknowledge or recognize every good thing. Now, if you'll note here, he didn't stop with just good thing. He said, every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. One translation says it this way. This faith we hold in common keeps showing up in the good things we do. The, the New Living says to put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. So he's saying here, I acknowledge all the good things. And so Paul right here is saying that when I begin to acknowledge all the good things in my life that are from Christ Jesus, my, my faith will become productive. 
And the acknowledgement of every good thing is both a reminder of the riches of Christ and the resources of the Holy Spirit. And this is a, a direct way to participate and receive and apply every one of these benefits. And so off of that verse right there, let me ask you a question. Who or what are you acknowledging in your life right now? What do you acknowledge? When life begins to squeeze you, and what I mean by squeezing you, when life's pressures come at you, when life's difficulties come at you, who do you acknowledge? And what do I acknowledge? And I think about this. Man, man, something happens on the inside of every one of us when I acknowledge all the good things that are in me through Christ Jesus. He didn't say the bad things. He didn't say the good things. So when I go on a daily basis and I become very grateful, and I say, man, Father God, I thank you. I, I thank you for another day of life. I thank you that I'm healthy. I thank you that I'm not in jail. I thank you that I'm not in the hospital. And, and so the, the list is endless when I, when I make mention of it or I acknowledge it and say, all the good things in my life are because of you, Lord Jesus. Every bit of that. Verse 7. For we have great joy or thanksgiving and consolation or comfort in your love because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. The hearts of all the saints are refreshed by you, brother. And you know what I think it is? He would acknowledge to them over and over all the good things that was in his life as a result of Christ Jesus. So understand, your testimonies, what you begin to boast on, man, this is what begins to happen with Christ Jesus. And, and it's interesting, he started that with the sharing of your faith. Share your faith. Tell people how good God is to you. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. So when I read that passage, you want your faith to be developed, then you've got to start sharing your faith, but also you've got to recognize and acknowledge all the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. The more I talk about God, the, the more my life, my faith begins to soar. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. And this is an incredible passage about the Lord Jesus. So we begin in verse 1, and it says... Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, that's always an interesting verse to me. To be tempted, to be tested, to be tried by the devil. And your convictions are only as strong if they hold up under pressure. And what every one of us must understand that a, a person has not shown true obedience unless they have had the opportunity to disobey. And so when you see this here, these testings and these tryings, you know what they are really for? To see who you really believe. Who, who do I really trust? Who do I really acknowledge in difficult times in my life? Verse two. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. You think so? You think so? And when he fasted like this, listen guys, this was only water. Now I can imagine in that situation, I look at my life and I've, I've been going now for about 10 or 11 days. And there are days that when you, you become very vulnerable. 
It's like, oh my gosh, man, my life is, whoo, it's, it's kind of shaky right here. And so 40 days. I mean, when I read that right there, I give Jesus a standing ovation. I'm like, you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I mean, if, you, if you've been fasting at all, man, I'm telling you, these last few days, especially when that snow hit, oh my gosh, my body was craving a cup of coffee. I was like, who am I? And, and I got around one of our guys on our praise and worship team, and he got real close to me and he had a cup of coffee. I could literally smell it. And I was thinking, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, or help me. And so when, when you read this, 40 days. So he's, he's in an area of his life, I think we'd all agree. You, you talking about getting squeezed. And it says, now when the tempter, who is the devil, came to him, he said, if... If you are the son of God. So that word if there, you know what that means? He literally is trying to plant doubt and unbelief into Jesus. If you are the son of God. Now here's the truth. He knew who he was. He knew every bit who Jesus was. But those are the mind games he plays. And he tries to play mind games with me and you to get us to doubt or, or, or a lack of faith in the area of the word of God. So he said, if you are the son of God, Command that these stones become bread. Now watch, listen, and learn what Jesus does. But Jesus answered and said, It is written. The scriptures say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. So guess what takes place right here? In the midst of Jesus being in the, one of the weakest times in his life, he acknowledged the word of God in his life. He recognized the word of God in his life. Now think about this. When you start getting squeezed, what's the first thing you do? I believe he's, he's letting me and you know, man, when life comes at you, speak the word of God back out of your mouth to the devil. Speak to him like that. And when you see right here, he said every word, that word, word there means whatever said, whatever spoken, an utterance, an expression, or a thought. Now, this book right here, what I see on these pages, this is called the Logos, the written word. The way the word of God comes alive to every one of us in here is the word, the rhema. The rhema means the spoken word. So I take the logos, the written word, and I get it into my mouth. And when I begin to speak it, I am acknowledging, Father God, I look to you and I trust in your word even in the time in my life. Now, Jesus doesn't do this one time. He does it three times. He does it in verse 7, and he does it in verse 10 over and over again. So Jesus, he took an, an explicit scripture or an explicit verse that, the, that, that fit the occasion in his life, and he spoke it out of his mouth. So what does this tell me? When I get in pressures of life, when I get in squeezed in life, I find explicit scripture that fit the occasion in my life and I begin to speak it out of my mouth. 
Something happens over and over when we speak the word of God out of our mouth. Now, you may not have realized this, but as a born-again believer, you are in a spiritual battle now. The very moment that you made Jesus Lord of your life, you came into a battle, whether you realize that or not. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And my goal here is again tonight is to get every one of us to a place that I begin to study the word of God. And then when I find scriptures that pertain to my life, I start speaking them out of my mouth. How many of you take vitamins on a daily basis? Any take vitamins? I take vitamins. Well, I'm getting ready to give you a pill tonight called the gospel. That's, that's tricky. That's clever. You guys, man, Pastor, you're on it tonight. Come on, give me a drum roll. That's the best I can do. I'm going to give you the gospel where you begin to see this is the word of God and this, this is what changes you. Now, I always look at this. Jesus used the written word as a weapon. That's what he did all three times. And I didn't read the whole part of chapter four of Matthew, but if you look at it, after the third time, you know what the devil did? He left. He took off. And it was like uh, Jesus was taking a sword. And you're going to see the tonight scriptures that talk about the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Now, Ephesians chapter 6. Start with me in verse 10. Finally, or a final word, my brethren, my beloved ones. Now, if you're born again and you know Jesus is Lord of your life, he has written this to you, Okay. This is directly written to me and you. My brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from the Lord. And it's a simple prayer I believe is this. Father God, I, I welcome your strength today. Grace me with your strength today. Remember, and you'll hear me over and over throughout this year reference this. Joshua 1, the Lord spoke to Joshua four times. He said, be strong and a good courage. Hey, Joshua, be strong and a good courage. Hey, Joshua, be strong. And a good. So when he's got to tell us four times, you know what he's telling us? You got to get this. You got to get it. Get this down on it. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might or the power from the Holy Spirit. Now, remember this charge right here was written to my brethren. It's written to us as believers. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Now sometimes people look at this and said, I didn't know we had an armor. Or, why do I need armor? Well, keep reading. The, the scripture will tell us. That you, now highlight you, you, he didn't say the Pope, he didn't say pastor's story, it said you, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies, the deceits of the devil. When you got born again, this is what you came into. Now I don't say that negatively, I love the thought. And God said, I'm, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to equip you. 
It'd be like a, a football player and he goes out for football and the, the coach looks and says, I really want you to play. Go out there and get them, get them. but he doesn't give them a helmet. He doesn't give them any shoulder. He doesn't give them any equipment. But the other side of that is when the coach does give them equipment, any right player, he wouldn't go out there without his helmet or he's going to get his head knocked off. And so again, there's responsibility and God said, I'm giving you the armor. But it's your responsibility to put it on. And why do I need to put it on? So I can stand against the wiles, the strategies, the deceits of the devil. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against. For we do not wrestle against. And, and I'm going I'm to stop right there against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against mankind. We do not wrestle against a physical opponent. The word of God is very clear. My, my battle isn't against Maria, okay? Now he said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle. We are in a match. It's just not against flesh and blood. Now watch what he says. This is the apostle Paul speaking against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These are all fallen angels. These are our spirits of darkness, of wickedness is what they are. And when I read this passage right here, understand every one of these, and you see the order or the ranking even in the devil's part. But let me highlight these principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. They are real. This isn't a game. They are active. This isn't fantasy. This isn't make-believe. This isn't Hollywood, okay? Hollywood portrays the devil as a little guy with, red, with a red face and horns, and he goes around poking people in the rump. Not, not in the Bible, that's not what it is. And the devil's assignment, once you got born again, you became a threat to his kingdom. And his, his assignment is, John 10, 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. So you got to understand this. When you got born again, he hates your guts. And I'm okay with it. You know why? Because Jesus already defeated him. Jesus gave us weapons. He gave you and me weapons. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you, got to highlight that, that you may be able to withstand. That word withstand there is a verb that literally suggests to vigorously oppose him, to bravely resist. It actually has a meaning that you're gonna have to stand face to face against him and so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to do, stand. Stand your ground. Now, if I read it correctly, there's seven major pieces of armor. I'm really only going to highlight one. Go with me to verse 17, because this is what I want you to see. I'm going to read the entire verse, but the first one's not it. It says, take the helmet of salvation. I believe the helmet of salvation is a form that protects your thoughts from the enemy. He goes on to say, and, 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The the Passion Translation says the spoken Word of God. So that word there, the Word of God, is literally the rhema, the spoken Word of God. So he's saying the Word of God, when spoken out of your mouth, it's like a sword. And so there's only two of the seven armor that are on the offensive. The rest of them are just defensive. The spoken word of God is the offensive in prayer. I'm just going to tell you the two they are. Those are the ones where you go on the offensive with them. And when I see you go on the offensive, that doesn't mean you're standing back and just holding what you got. No, when I, I'm, I'm on the offensive, I'm moving forward. And what that tells me in you, that anytime the devil steals ground from you, Take it back. Take it back. And so when you speak the word out of your mouth, think about this. It's like a two-edged sword. Uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12, the, 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 the apostle Paul wrote in there and said, the word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the picture here is not a picture of a believer throwing his Bible at the devil. The picture here is a picture of a believer, listen, taking explicit scripture or an explicit verse that pertains to the occasion of his life and speaking it out of his mouth. Exactly what Jesus did. And so this is what the apostle Paul said. And so guess what? I've got to get the word of God in my mouth. God's word is an indispensable weapon for every one of us. Take the word, the rhema, speak it out of your mouth. When? Every day. Every day. How do I know it's daily? Because Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, day by day by day by day. So here's your homework assignment just briefly. You've got to get scripture that fits the occasion or what you're going through right now in your life. Is anybody in here going through anything right now? It's okay to raise your hands, okay? I'm not going to come out there. Pastor, you going through that? I'm going through things. And so I find scripture. And you may underline it in your Bible. You may get little three by five cards and write it. Slap it on your dash. Put it on your mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. What I'm telling you, you got to speak the word. Speak the rhema. And then make it a habit daily by day. And, and you know what? You may start out with just one three by five card. But you got to expand your, your, your library. And, and, and add to it and add to it. And you get to where you got one, where you got two, where you got three. And what these are are daily affirmations of the gospel. I get that in me on a daily, and I speak the word, I speak the word. And and you start with that, and before long, you get to 30 or 40. I've been doing this a long time, okay? Remember, I'm old now, I'm 60. (laughs) I I was with my mom and dad the other day. We were going to a ball game, and I was paying to get in. And my mom came running up and told the person that was taking the money, there's two seniors here. There's two seniors here. She wanted that senior discount bad. Well, they weren't giving a discount at all. So I went down and I sat down by my mom and I said, you were wrong, mom. 
And she said, about what? And I said, there wasn't two senior citizens. I said, there was three. I said, I'm a senior citizen. She kind of looked at me like, you are older than dirt, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a... Why did I get over on that? Where were we at here? Oh, back on the affirmation. Man, I, I got to get the word in me. I got to get the word in me. Get the word in me. And it, it, becomes, it becomes life to me on a daily basis. I, I speak my affirmations down in our basement. Man, I walk. I'm surprised there's not paths on the carpet. I'm, I'm a patient. I, man, I, I go at them. I, I got them. And, and I don't look at three by five. I've done it so long, man, they just roll out of me. And when I do it, it's, it's 40 minutes. And it, it is intense, man. I am swinging swords. And, and some of you who write on your prayer requests certain things, I start speaking the word over you and all that. And I'm telling you, Peter Pan doesn't have adventures like we do. Man, I, man, I get in there and I'm like, yes, Lord, yes, yes. The rhema, the spoken word. Go, go with me to Matthew 12, and this is what we'll end with tonight. And I, I, I highlight, get, get the word in you. Speak the word, whatever you're going through. Find, find the word of God and speak it over your life. Speak it over your home. Speak it over your children. Matthew 12, verse 33. Jesus' words here, red letter. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. A tree is identified or recognized by its fruit. If the fruit is good, the tree is good. If the fruit is bad, the tree is bad. Now, literally, we're a tree. And he said, you're going to be identified by the fruit of your life. Verse 34. Brood of vipers, better stated, Pharisees who were rotten to the core, and when he talks about root dividers, their inner identity was like a, a striking poisonous viper is what he's talking about. Now watch what he says about them. How can you being evil speak good things? Now this is one of the, the, the greatest passages to me of Jesus right here. Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever fills your heart, your mouth is going to speak it. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Out of the abundance of your heart, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Now, the point of that is, what are you putting in your heart? That's why I got to get the word of God in my heart. Because when I put the word of God in my heart and life squeezes me, you know what's going to come out? The word of God. The word of God. Out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth speaks. And so again, you, you, can, you can be the greatest Jeopardy player in this church. But when life squeezes you, it's not going to do you any good, Okay. You can watch every rerun of Gunsmoke. Great for you. But when life squeezes you, my point, every sacrifice is based on preference. Get the word in. Get the word in. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now watch this. And the reason I'm going to tell you this is you're going to see how valuable words are. Let me give you a little nugget on that before you even read the next verse. God places such a high premium on words that your words have the power to change your eternal destiny. What's that, Pastor? Your words are saying, Lord Jesus, I receive you as Lord of my life. Take you to heaven instead of damnation or hell. That's how powerful words are. Verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, every careless word or every worthless word, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Every careless word. One of the best translations says every inoperative word or words that don't help you at all. So here's what he's telling me. Think before you speak. How many have ever heard this statement? Words are cheap. Well, whoever said that, that's a lie. Words are incredibly expensive and powerful. Incredibly. How do I know that? Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. So he said, for every word. For every word. Every careless word. Verse 37. Woo, powerful, powerful, powerful. For by your words, you will be justified, a legal term, signifying to acquit. And by your words, you will be condemned or declared guilty. By your words. So think about this. My words all day long are are either justifying me or they're condemning me. And so whether you, you realize this or not, all day long, you're building a little garden You're planting seeds through your words all day. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful. Be careful the words come out of your mouth. Be careful. Why don't you stand on your feet here? See, I'm just giving you biblical stuff, and so start acknowledging the Word of God. Start acknowledging God. I I highlight this right now. How many of you are believing God for anything right now? We're all believing God for something. Mark 11, 23, the Lord Jesus said this, whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Every bit of that was tied to my tongue. Every bit of it. You know, you don't get born again without a confession of your tongue. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there. And let's pray here on this because I think God's wanting to do something. Father God, we stand before you right now. And Lord, as we start in this new year, grace 2021 to be a year that we, we speak your word. that we speak the written word of God and it becomes the rhema out of our mouths. And Father God, that we fall in love with your scriptures 
And Lord, we thank you right now that you grace us, that we acknowledge and recognize you and your word as the truth. And Lord, I pray right now that with every one of us in here, the truth that only sets us free comes alive in each heart here today. Now, Father God, right now, we ask you to help us, grace us. If that's you, if you say, man, I, I need help in this area, and you can raise your hands up and say, grace me, Lord, grace me, in the name of Jesus. Thank, thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.